Hi, hello. Um, Welcome back to Crazy AF, the podcast where two millennial women have an honest conversation about their mental health. My name is Frankie, and I have OCD and anxiety. And my name is Fran, and I have PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Yay! Yeah, so we're going to start the podcast the way we always start the podcast, which is by asking, how are you really, Fran? Oof. Um, I'm okay. I mean, this week I sort of realized that my wedding is going to have to very drastically change, probably, but we also can't decide anything yet, so it's just like a beautiful purgatory um, full Mm -hmm. of tears. Um, And we decided this week, the two of us, that you will not be in my wedding because COVID. So, I mean, you know cried for 24 hours and now I'm just sort of like thinking about how to do things um yeah yeah which like I'm getting over it but it's butts yeah it <laughs> and does that's suck. really it it, does it just suck. sucks yeah and I mean other than that like we're just watching Killing Eve so I'm like mostly fine but yeah <laughs> Amazing. that's Amazing. that's really where I am how are you, really? Um, I am pretty good. I moved last weekend, so now I live in this apartment, which sounds the same if you're listening to the podcast. Um, I'm also surrounded <laughs> by last night's mistakes, which is to say that me and a couple of my friends from back home have taken to having video calls and drinking and reading really bad Harry Potter fan fiction. Um, and it's a great time. We're having a great time. But we started a new project wherein uh, we have drinks together and then read Twilight. Um, <gasps> it is hilarious and amazing. And last night I had two glasses of wine and then postmated a giant thing of chili cheese fries, uh, which I <laughs> ate. And look at how I ripped the bag open. Like a fucking animal. Um, We'll put that photo on our Patreon. Oh my god, please don't. Um, And (laughs) it's happening. Um, And um, yeah, I woke up at 7 a.m. this morning and my stomach was like, why did you drink two glasses of white wine and then eat a giant thing of chili cheese fries? Are you insane? Um, So that's where we're at. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But I'm super excited because today we have one of my one of my best friends on the podcast. We have a sweet angel champion of my heart, uh, Nico Correa. Nico, say hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, Nico is uh, one of my best friends. We went to college together. Um, we had a summer job together, which is how we met. Um, and yeah, Nico is a writer. Um, he works in big fancy Hollywood shit. Um, he's currently quarantined in, uh, Berkeley, California, but we wanted to, I've wanted to have Nico on the podcast for a while, obviously because Fran and I have a very limited white woman perspective on everything. (laughs) Um, but we wanted to have Nico on to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, just, just being a, being a gay boy in life. Um, yeah, 
Yes. I cannot wait to bring my limited white gay perspective to this program. <laughs> <laughs> We're just keep going to keep bringing stuff in, just limited, more limited perspectives until, until we're here. One at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. Um, so, yeah, Nico, do you want to just, like, tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, what you're, what you're doing, what you're up to? Yes. Thank you for asking, Frankie. Um, I will also not be appearing in Fran's wedding, unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah, it's... I do congratulate you on the upcoming nuptials. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I am currently quarantined with my two moms and my sister and my boyfriend, Calvin. Um, both my moms just retired. So they're like yes. one mom in particular, Diana. Has always been strict, but she's especially freaking out right now since she just retired. And she made me pay for dinner last night, which is fine. But I've never had to pay, like, $5 for a family dinner before, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> you paid $5 for a family dinner? Yeah, I had to, like, chip in for, like, uh, meatless lasagna or some shit. <laughs> oh, Diana. Oh, we're living. I love we're Diana. watching a lot of Survivor. Yeah. She's a personality, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Tahoe briefly with my boyfriend, Calvin, which was different because Tahoe is not the Bay Area and is a bit less liberal. And when we went to protest, people would be, like, thanking the cops and stuff, which was confusing. That's um, mm. very confusing. Yeah. Um, and that's me. I am out here watching Survivor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just thought we could start with the basics, mm-hmm. um, which is how do you identify, Nico? I identify as kind of just a garden variety, run-of-the-mill homosexual male. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, what do you, like... Do you want me to call you homosexual male? Ah, um, gay is okay, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Okay, because I was thinking that, like, I didn't, um, when Fran asked me this earlier, I've only ever heard you identify as gay and not queer. Yeah, gay, queer, whatever. (laughs) Basically, Nico doesn't. I'm open. Care. (laughs) Um, my second question was, when did you know, which I put in quotation marks because, like, this is a process. So the extended question is, when did you start to realize that you were yeah. gay? And what was that process like for you? Yeah. So let's see. There was this kid in sixth grade, Moses Jancy, was <laughs> like stupid, swoopy, Justin Bieber hair. And the first <laughs> day I saw him, the first day of middle school, I was like, fuck, well, it's over. I, I guess I am sexual. <laughs> but he he did go on to take all of my girlfriend's virginity, but not mine, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I ended up being so infatuated with him that I actually created a fake email and started corresponding with him as, like, some kind of hypothetical <laughs> classmate. And his big brag in sixth grade was that he got over 20 emails a day. <laughs> because that was really, like, the only social media, like, when I was in middle school. And the kids these days, they have... I don't even know what they have, honestly. But I was Too thrilled much. when he actually responded. But it was just, like, 
LOL, what the fuck, you are so creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I've never heard that story before. Um, Yeah. I'm sorry, did you say his first name was Moses? Moses, yeah. He later ended up moving to, like, Amsterdam. I follow him with some regularity on the internet, but I don't—I'm not fully— up to date. I haven't checked in a while. Yeah. But then it wasn't until I think like around 10th grade, I would say that I had like a a more real reckoning with like admitting it to myself in a, in a way beyond just like emailing like boys creepily on the internet. I, Um, but actually this is another creepy emailing boys on the internet. story. (laughs) So I love all I, these stories. I, yeah. When I did finally, like, come out to myself or whatever, I was like, I'm not ready to tell people yet. Mm-hmm. So I found this gay porn star who had, like, an email me function on his website. I think to, like, book him for pornographic film and whatnot. But I emailed him and I was like, yo, I'm just coming out, like, blah, blah, blah. What's your advice? And that was kind of my love Victor moment. If you've seen that, it just came out on Hulu, available to stream. <laughs> okay, no one um, can get a Love Victor reference, but continue. It's too new. <laughs> um, but so I started emailing with him, and he was like, yeah, you should like maybe try to come out to people that would be easy to come out to or whatever. So then I tried to like tell my moms. Um, it was on the way back from – I was working at a summer camp. That later burned down in the Rim Fire, which is just such a fucking funny name for a fire. Wait. <laughs> that was tool. <laughs> Wait. I'm sorry to that summer camp, but I'm sorry. What happened? Yeah. So <laughs> the year is 2011. I'm in 10th grade at this point. Um, I this is my first job. I am later fired because of I get alcohol poisoning. I have to be taken to a hospital, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then so a month later, though, after all this occurred, the camp just burned down anyway because there was this huge fire in Yosemite called the Rim Fire. So it's not even there anymore. <laughs> and it's probably because they fired me. <laughs> um But I'm on my way back with, like, my parents, and I'm, like, I feel like, shit, I've just been fired. I, like, have have alcohol alcohol residual issues. Um, And I'm, like, okay, I guess I should just come out to them because this already sucks. (laughs) That's true. At first I was too nervous, so I was, like, I have to tell you something. And they're, like, okay. And then I was too nervous at first, so I was like, I'm going to start wearing, like, backwards baseball caps. Like, that's going to be my new look. And they're like, why Why did you have to, like, build up so much suspense for that? And I was like, yeah, you're right. The real thing I wanted to say is I am gay. And then they had a really interesting reaction. They're like, are you sure? And these are both two homosexual women. And I was like, are you sure? And then... <laughs> Yeah, they kind of just were weird about it, so we didn't talk about it again for a couple years. Yeah. Whoa. So, I guess my follow-up question, which is that, like, I feel like people assume that if you're raised by, like, you were raised by two gay parents, that it, one, would be easy to come out, and that, two, they would be, like, very cool with it. 
but that seems to be not the situation. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. It wasn't that they weren't not cool with it exactly, but they were like, maybe you should think about this some more, which is like not exactly what you want to hear after you come out to somebody. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think like they were both raised with conservative parents and I can understand the whole mentality of like conservative people being like, if you raise, if you are gay, then you'll raise gay children. And I do wonder if that was like a narrative in their head, but ultimately, obviously they did come around. Um, and, but they still make you pay for family dinner, just as a note, but they still make me pay for family (laughs) dinner. So still a little bit internalized homophobia there. Probably. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I didn't really start dating boys. I don't, this doesn't even count as a date, but so I didn't really say anything the rest of high school after I told my parents. And then the first couple months of college, I was like, okay, nobody knows me. So as like, I think many queer people entering college do you're just like okay I can just pretend like I've kind of always been out or whatever Mm -hmm. so I was at my one of my first college party it was for um the alumni scholars club because I'm intelligent and good at academia it's disgusting (laughs) (laughs) um and there's this kid Jake and his friend came over. It wasn't very romantic. She came over and he, she said, uh, my friend wants to fuck you. And I was like, okay, romance is alive. I love this. <laughs> I think I know this story. Yeah. Classic tale. So he was like, hey, like, uh, what if we, like, walk around, like, campus? And I was like, yeah, it's like 2 a.m., but sounds like a good time for like a walk or whatever then he was like where do you live and I was like Hedrick which is like this freshman dorm at UCLA Mm -hmm. and he's like oh cool like me too like maybe we should like get a study room or whatever I was like I have finished all of my work this is confusing what's going on (laughs) and he He's like, no, for, like, hooking up. And I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, let's do that. But don't you have a room? And he was like, yeah, but I have, like, Catholic roommates or something. And I was like, okay. So then we went upstairs, visited his Catholic roommates. They were indeed there. So then we went to the study room (laughs) and proceeded to have, like, approximately like five seconds of penetrative sex before I was like, I, this is painful to me. No. Yeah. And the whole time I also had my, uh, backpack too. I don't know why (laughs) I brought my backpack to this party. You brought your backpack Uh, to the party. Oh, and you had already finished your work. (laughs) Yeah. So like what? I brought it regardless. So he was like, Hey, maybe you should leave like with your backpack. (laughs) So, like, people think we were actually doing work, and then I'll leave, like, after you. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So then I left, but then I realized I didn't bring my backpack, so I had to go back and be like, hey, sorry, I need to get my dumb backpack. (laughs) And then he was like, yeah, 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 chill, chill, chill. And then I left, and um, 
yeah, that was my first time. Um, <laughs> and after that, I I was more open because you can't really you can't really go downwards from there. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's true. I think the other piece that we want to like thread in is kind of like what. Um, like, what was your mental health like as a young person who was dealing with being queer and not, like, deciding when to come out or whatever? Like, what was your what was your mental health like? What were you experiencing? Yeah, one thing that I have, a change that I've only really made since quarantine started is I stopped drinking and I definitely feel a lot healthier because I think my mental health and being queer was definitely impacted by my alcohol intake as, as evidenced by the rim fire incident, (laughs) but also, and Frankie also knows this story, (laughs) but, um, the night of my prom, I was really nervous. (laughs) Um, and and why were you nervous the night of your prom? Because primarily it, it involves dancing, with which historically I I just don't do mm-hmm. sober. So I was like, right. all right, we are getting drunk, ladies. Um, <laughs> but then uh, a consequence of being very intoxicated in the line of your prom is that oftentimes you are stopped and so I was not allowed to go to my prom. They took me to, like, a detention, <laughs> like, quarantine room, essentially. And then they proceeded to call both of my moms, and they're like, yo, get your hoe like he's drunk. <laughs> and then both my moms show up at my stupid dub prom. Um, and then everyone thought I brought them, like, as my prom dates. And I was like, god damn it, no. I'm cool. I was drunk and got like quarantined. I didn't bring them on purpose. Um, but also, did your date just like fucking go in without you? Like she didn't get caught for being drunk. She just like went in. Yes, that that is accurate. That is accurate. She did go to prom without me, but I did get to bring my both my parents. So that is something. So your moms show up and. They're understandably upset that you uh, got so drunk that you were not allowed inside of your prom. Yes. They're like, we are very disappointed in you. Go back to the hotel room. Do not continue drinking. So, of course, they leave. I go back to my prom hotel room, continue drinking. And then we play... truth or dare or something and that's also the night i have my first kiss with a boy which is at least exciting during truth or dare that is exciting yeah but i definitely feel there have been silly circumstances such as prom and the rim fire where it was like my mental health could probably be better if i just wasn't drinking so we haven't been doing that in quarantine and we feel incredible we've just been watching survivor amazing (laughs) Um, I am going to ask a question. I don't know if any of these questions are taboo, but also, Nico, we can cut anything that you want. Yeah. But um, were, do you think that you were drinking to deal with, like, be, like not being out or, like, being, like anything like that? I think 
honestly is <coughs> yes, but it's also like a larger systemic issue specifically within like the gay male community where fun is so closely tied to being on drugs or drinking like most of the social scene at least in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. I would assume like most large metropolitan areas are so tied to not being sober that I think it's a larger issue but also just uh, an issue of probably not feeling accepted or tolerated that leads many queer people to have much higher rates of anxiety and depression and addiction issues. Yeah, because I was I don't like in our kind of like college and young adult existence. I don't experience you drinking nearly as much as you describe as a um, as a teenager, as a youth. Yes, as a young youth. As a young youth. <laughs> Um, I also wonder, so besides that, what have been the biggest things that have impacted your mental health over the years? Like, have there been other things or has it mainly been? Yeah, I think in high school, again, things changed in college, but because I didn't have anyone to talk to in high school, even though I guess I technically did have my parents, I was depressed and also for most of high school and for like the first year of college uh I cut a little bit and I think that's just like a a physical reaction to like wanting to release stress but again that that went away with being able to become more comfortable with myself and talk to peers and just feel more like a real person as I grew into college. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, that's that's an issue that a lot of queer young people experience and go through. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to ask is about therapy, because I know that um, yeah. you are a therapy baby, as in you also yes. go to therapy. And, like, what has that been like for you? And kind of, like, what what's your... Do you like therapy? Is it bullshit? Etc. <laughs> <laughs> I love my team. My team being my therapist, Sam. Shout out, Sam. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, honestly, therapy is beneficial to... I think everyone should be in therapy, honestly. Same. But uh, yeah. I, think, I think that perhaps queer people are more open it open to it compared to specifically like straight men who probably need it the most out of anybody mm-hmm. um because i still i still feel like there's a stigma around it being like girly or like effeminate to like right. talk about your problems or whatever right. but i love therapy i love talking about myself <laughs> and again i love my team so i would encourage everyone to get a therapist yeah, absolutely. And I know for a while, I don't know if this was still the case, but Nico um, was seeing a therapist on a sliding scale. So folks, if you don't have insurance or or, experience, or you know think that you can't afford therapy, there are definitely um, therapists who offer sliding scale therapy, um, which we don't usually mention. So that is a thing that you can um, you can look up and ask prospective therapists about. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Fran, do you have any more questions about Nico's personal story? I mean, I have a lot of questions about the rib fire, which we'll get to later. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was going to go more. Um, I think more wider. Into, yeah, broad. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So let's do that. So Nico is a is a writer. Is a uh, works in TV, etc. And so Fran and I have some questions that relate to that. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to ask, because I'm curious and I don't know, what do you write? I, my favorite genre is probably, like, trashy freeform shows. Just, like, anything teen and, like, overly, mm-hmm. overly over the top is an interest yeah. of mine. Um, most recently... I watched Love, Victor, which is not a freeform show, but is a Hulu show, which I liked, but also is not, um, quote unquote, good. But I would love to discuss it more. (laughs) (laughs) I well, I've also as a human who's read a lot of um, Nico's writing. It's well, one, it's very good. And Nico also has like definitely the most unique voice I've ever read. Um, and also a lot of his, a lot of like the, not the TV scripts, but like the film scripts that he's written. Like he definitely has one that's like a gay super bad that I just fucking love. Uh, um, oh wow. He, yeah. He has like a lot of other stuff that is, um, that is very, very good that I think we're all going to eventually see someday. So I'm very excited. I know that's, that's the thing that I'm sitting here thinking, like, I, I can't wait to watch Aww. that. Um, so my question relating to that is, you know, you're a writer who works in media, works in television. Um, how do you feel that representation impacts our identities around sexuality? And this is a long, convoluted question <laughs> that I wrote out. But we can start there and, like, go beyond. Yeah. One thing that I think is, like, cool is that there are more mainstream programs like Love, Simon or Love, Victor that are pushing these topics more into the periphery of larger America. But one thing that I think is so boring or not boring, but like there are just different ways to explore sexuality is like the idea that a whole season of television should just be focused on the coming out process, because I think we've already seen so many stories about coming out and how difficult that is and it's not that those stories shouldn't exist but I think there should be other narratives besides just coming out in terms of like what it means to live as a queer person yeah I've been thinking about that a lot especially because of I don't know if you watch Schitt's Creek but like I've always adored that um, there's a pansexual character on that show and it's not really about that it's not about he doesn't have to come out like it's just just is and we really just get to see his like joyful relationship yeah and it's lovely yeah it's happy yeah okay i have a question that i want to insert before Fran continues which is was was there any media you consumed growing up that had Mm. like queer characters or like the the you know coming out story that you were talking about that 
like influenced your perspective? Was there anything that you think was particularly good? Was there anything you think was particularly bad that you <laughs> yeah. saw? I will say one movie I did particularly enjoy and which is very gay is 2009's Mamma Mia, which I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken <laughs> was just greenlighted for a third film. It's a sequel now. Um, but there's this character. Let's fucking do it. So. In Mamma Mia, the 2009 movie adaptation, there's this character who the main character is getting married to named Sky, which, first of all, is a cocky boy's name. Cocky boys, for those not in the know, is a popular gay adult website. Um, (laughs) And the whole time... She's, like, trying to marry him, but he's, like, no, I need to, like, have my bachelor party. And then, like, 60, like, hairless, like, twunky dudes come out. Looks like Aaron Chalk's Coachella (laughs) party. And then they go to, like, Meryl Streep's goat shed thing and, like, have a quote-unquote, like, bachelorette party. So I was always interested in that, as well as the costuming in Mamma Mia, which, iconic. And I've seen that a number of times. And I just I just did see it in Tahoe, and I watched it with Calvin, his mom, who knew all the words. She lip-synced all the songs and also all the dialogue. And my favorite quote from her was, they're not even acting, referencing Meryl Streep and the two other female actresses. They're just girls being girls, which I also really loved. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wonderful. (laughs) But also in terms of like more childhood stuff, definitely the first movie I saw in theaters was The Little Mermaid. And Ursula's just uh, the baddest bitch. Like, I think she is definitely queer. She is definitely like a dominatrix in like NYC, the Hellfire Club or some shit. And Ariel sucks. I wanted her to win. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, Ariel sucks. Let's Love this hot take. Always remember that. About yeah, it. my hot take is just that she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Frank can continue. I think at the end, I want to wrap up by kind of asking also about your favorite, like, modern queer, like, media featuring queer folks. But that'll yeah, be Yeah, let's go to that. I don't have, like... No, I think that your question much is, is important. You have to finish asking well, it. Well, uh, okay, I, I guess... Um, I'll just read what I wrote. Um, What I'm driving at is, coming out is typically, we we kind of touched Uh. on this, but it's typically portrayed as such a difficult thing in film and television with the inner turmoil and parents and friends' responses, and it's it's just never portrayed as, like, an easy thing, and it's not to say that it is an easy thing, but there, like... I just wish that there were more joyful portrayals, Um, and I wonder if these kind of... I just think of Glee and, like, how negative, it, like, those sort of coming out stories were um, or how it seemed. Um, and I, I wonder if that could Im- those negative portrayals could impact, um, like, closeted folks negatively. I guess that's my, my question. What I wonder. Yeah, I, I definitely agree myself. with you that there's, like, such an emphasis on, like, the scary part of coming out. But oftentimes you don't see the the celebration of just like actually getting to live your life as a queer person as you do in Chiss Creek. So I definitely do agree with you. One, one thing that I've also been thinking a lot about is like this idea of 
vocabulary word, homonormativity, which is just this idea that, um, like, yes, it's cool that there are stories centered around queer people, but oftentimes those stories are centered around, like, specifically gay, masculine, cisgender, white men. And you kind of do need to expand beyond that archetype, I think. So media that I have jo- I've enjoyed more recently has been um, this movie Tangerine, which was released a couple of years ago, which was a mm-hmm. collaboration between um, the filmmaker and transgender black woman that he met volunteering at the L.A. LGBT Center. And then also mental health theme wise a show that I've seen that I've really liked is United States of Terra which uh, centers on mm. a young queer son and his mom who suffers with um, DID and having multiple personalities kind of pop up throughout the show mm. so that's those are my wrecks yeah. I I mean, like, I also wonder about, like, because though I feel like every now and again, a piece of media will kind of, like, explode into mainstream obsession. And what I'm really thinking of is something like Call Me By Your Name. Everyone is talking about that as a thing. Um, but also as, like, I mean, I guess, the, like, the chief conversation, which we obviously, like, can't get into, is that a lot of I feel like a lot of people who didn't like call me by your name were talking a lot about the quote unquote like pedophilia situation with like the characters having an age difference etc um and that seemed to be like one of the big conversations about call Call me by your name as opposed to the queer aspect of it and I mean like in the book call me by your name army hammer is supposed to be 24 which uh, uh, he looks 35 at, at the minimum in that movie yeah and also, Timothy Chalamet is supposed to be 17, which I, in the 80s in Italy, I think is of legal consenting age. But again, we don't like... Yeah, I think... I don't know. I don't know if you can... I don't know how you decide to judge uh, those things, by where you live or by where the country they take place. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do agree with you um, that our problem with Call Me By Your Name is that Army Hammer does fully look like 47 years of age. Not 47, yeah, but he does look quite older <laughs> than 24. He looks so Which does old. complicate the yeah. dynamic a little bit. Um, but with some, So, like, that, that becomes, like, hugely mainstream, which, again, is, like like you were just saying, like, centers um, masculine, cisgendered queer men only. But then you have, like, Love, Simon, which is, like, a very different general perspective and have folks of other races. Is this... This isn't even a question. I Somewhere <laughs> in the beginning of this, I had a question, and I was confused. Fran, can you make something out of yeah, what I just said? Yeah, I mean, I, I think where... What I was starting to think as you were talking was... These these things that explode in media are predominantly white as well. Yeah, like Shit's Creek, pretty white, and uh, you know, like other uh, other stories like Call Me About Your Name for sure. Um, and then even like I'm thinking about Killing Eve and how I saw like it, first of all, no one is really like out other than Villanelle on that show, um, but like 
the writer's room is entirely white, too. So we have to talk about, like, who are, who the people who are writing these stories. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's where my mind goes with yeah, that. Yeah, like, like, who are you writing yeah. them and for? I think, yeah, and then... I think there is a push no, right now, especially with Black Lives Matter being in the news every day, for people in entertainment to hire more black people and more people of color. But I think an issue is that many of them are only being hired at the entry level and are not being pushed up the ranks. And yes, like yeah. support staff positions are are becoming less white. But when you look at like upper level showrunner and producer type people, those people are still like mm-hmm. overwhelmingly like 90, over 90% white. So I think, I think it's not enough to just get people in the door I think you also have to promote them otherwise you're just gonna have like 20 mm-hmm. love Simons yeah yeah and and those people have to be able to write yeah. their stories yeah and like that's that's the point they have to be able to actually write or produce or do whatever it is that you know they're amazing at to make these things more equal um, and make the representations better yeah yeah fuck yeah Nico, do you have anything else you uh, need to say? Um, where were <laughs> you during your... the 2011 rim fire, Frankie? <laughs> <laughs> when did the 2011 rim fire take place? I believe what it month? was July of 2011, the year of our Lord. <laughs> I was definitely, the year of our Lord, 2011, I was definitely at the beach every day uh, in San Diego. I was at La Jolla Beach every fucking day. So I really wasn't taking the fire very seriously, obviously. Not um, an ally. Not an ally to the fire. <laughs> oh my god. Nico just has a, like 10 million absurd stories like that. Like, I got fired from my job at summer camp and then the summer camp burned down it just like i don't yeah this was a true adventure in storytelling and it was a delight to just watch you tell these stories 100 (laughs) yeah so the thing that we do at the end of the podcast always is talk about uh what we're looking forward to which is especially important now because we're literally living inside of boxes (laughs) yes yeah. And it's miserable. So, Fran, what... It is. So, Fran, what are you looking forward to? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm, I think we're going to have a really tiny um, wedding shower at some point this this summer with, like, literally just our two families. And we never had, like, an engagement Fun. party in that way. So, like, we're going to do that. My mom's making me a dress. Uh, I'd sent her a reformation dress that was like $270 and she was like, I can make that and it'll be better. So, you know, we're blessed. That's lovely. And also Eli's family just got a puppy. <laughs> so I'm going to go what? see the puppy. <laughs> and I'm very excited oh my God. to see the puppy. I want a puppy. His name is Fitz and he's incredible. I already know he's incredible. Oh, so that's really it. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. What about you? Um, I am looking forward to possibly going home this weekend. I decided me and my boyfriend are trying to get COVID tests and then isolate ourselves and then get the results and then drive home to San Diego to see our families. So that's what we're trying to do this week. Nice. Um, so hopefully that is what 
happens. Um, but I'll, I'll experience getting a COVID test in LA. Um, yeah. For the first time. Yeah. Nico, what are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to two things primarily. A is dinner with my parents tonight, which hopefully I will not have to pay for. And (laughs) B is, um, so a while ago I started posting Facebook statuses for my boyfriend who still uses Facebook for some reason, which is psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) Saying that he like had seen the cats movie like five times or whatever. (laughs) And then um, I one day I posted a status that was like, I'm hosting a one-man Zoom, like, recreation of cats. Let me know if you want the link or whatever, which <laughs> people responded to, and he actually did. And I think he is going to have an encore performance. So that is at the top of my watch list. Wow. So you've been impersonating your boyfriend on Facebook. Correct, yeah. Amazing. And have somehow gotten him into a situation where he needs to do a one-man performance of, did you say cats? Like the of whole cats, damn thing? the Broadway musical. Like, no, well, he just did of one. Cats the musical. He did one song at midnight the last time he did it. I love this. Wow. Um, I would like the link to that, please. <laughs> okay, thank I you. I will provide because, it to you. Um, yeah. Also, it is like absurd that he still uses facebook sorry calvin we should only be (laughs) using facebook if we have to for our jobs cough me thank you (laughs) bye (laughs) yeah um well nico anything you want to anything you want to plug at the end of the day nico your um, twitter tweet that went viral last year and it really went to his head so yes i do have a large ego you can follow me on twitter and MySpace and um, no, you Cocky Boys at Not Nico. And Grinder <laughs> and uh, Nextdoor. Follow him on Nextdoor. Yeah, that's my primary social media outlet. <laughs> Read my MySpace bulletin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but my, my handle is at Not Nico. It's delightful. He frankly. stuff. Fran. Um, it is delightful. It is pretty delightful. Great. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank and you for having me. Do we have anything else? Fran Fran has that look we on have, her face. We have a Instagram. We have a Twitter that we post on them sometimes. And then we also have a Patreon where you can come support us. So do it if you want. If all you can. The, yeah, so all of those all those links will be in the podcast description. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Neeks. Thank you for having me, ladies. We appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we will talk to you next time. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.